thank you for the invitation to come back to Cass Rock and to also come to the Denver area. Um, a few things I want to say before I begin the um, teaching is, uh, first of all, in 1995, in January, I believe that where I was about to go, they were going to have a revival. And instead of going for three days, which was the normal way I was doing things for a, a whole year, was to go three days to four days max and come home. I said, I feel so, much, so strong you're going to have a revival that um, a visitation from God that I'm going to come for 15 days. And, uh, and they did have a visitation, and it went for six nights a week for eight months. And uh, it would have gone longer, um, uh, there, but anyway, it got short-circuited, and uh, it would have, could have gone longer, and God was still moving, but uh, something happened that the enemy got in, and it, it, it basically got shut down. Um, it wasn't that the enemy shut down God, but it was more like the, one of the key leaders um, shut down God in the sense of just saying, I'm not going to host this anymore. And, um, and it was because of um, guilt in his life. Now, having said that, I wanted to say that it, it, it didn't end because God wanted it to end. It ended because of sin. And it was birthed because of prayer. Um, I just sense that there's a move. Someone asked me if I sense something for this area. And I almost never prophesy about regions or areas because that's really not something I do very much. I don't usually get that kind of stuff. But I do think that there is something uh, for this Denver area and for Colorado in this area. And it's because of the unity that I see and it's because of the hunger that I see and it's because of what's already started. There's a, before the Jesus movement was called the Jesus movement, it had already been a revival that had been going for some time before it began to be named, before people began to realize it. That's where I think you're at, that, uh, not just you, but I think that our country's in a place where in different places in the country, there are things that are breaking out. And if we could only know all the places where that was happening, we could take back the 30,000 foot level and say, boy... It's like revival's about to break out in the United States. Um, and, and, I, and I think that, that we're in that. One of the things that I just know in the natural is I, I, ra I was raised in the uh, general Baptist. It's an Arminian type Baptist in the sense of that's uh, uh, what I was raised in. And a friend of mine is now uh, a, young, a new friend, is the pastor of the home church I was called to preach in. And... Um, when I was 18 years old. And he was telling me, because I met him uh, for the first time about two years ago. He came to another church where I was preaching in southern Illinois, and he said, I just want to learn how to hear the Holy Spirit. He already was really knowledgeable about church growth principles. He is advising churches in, in, in different denominations and uh, was a, a young, up-and-coming uh, leader. But he humbled himself, and he said, I'm here because I realize I do not know how to hear the Holy Spirit very well, and I want to learn how to hear the Holy Spirit. So I was with him a few weeks ago, and he told me there's a, a General Baptist Church in Missouri that is one of the largest in the, in the denomination, 
And they, the pastor one Sunday felt like the Holy Spirit said, call the people to the front. I'm going to release healing. There's going to be a visitation. He did. And the, the power of God fell. And these sovereign healings started happening in a, in a church that never saw healing and really didn't pray for healing. And it wasn't part of their thing, you might say. It was like they believed it was possible but not probable. And definitely wasn't to be expected. And they've been having this visitation for weeks now with just people uh, coming. They're worshiping, and the, the gifts are showing up, and people are being baptized. And, it's, and I'm hearing about that in different places. So I just believe that I do want to encourage you. I do believe that the, God has uh, a very good plan, and he's chosen to draw a circle on this area and pour out his spirit in response to you. Um, the other thing, I'd like to give three of my books away to three pastors. Not that you're better than anybody else, but your office means that if you get touched and you get blessed and you learn more, then the people under you will as well. Um, these two books go together, Power to Heal and The Healing Breakthrough. They're my, I've written about 45 books. They're my favorite two books on healing. And they really do one, um, this is what I would read first, but this one explains uh, how to build an atmosphere of faith by uh, practices and teachings and honoring the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so I'd like to give not one to, both of them to one person, but one of them to two different people. And then this one's on the sermon tonight. Well, part of the sermon, half the sermon tonight, I guess. There's more. It's about impartation, and it's about a fruit of impartation. And it was written about 12 and a half years ago, about 12 and a half years after Toronto had happened. And we were able to inspect a lot of fruit then. There's been a whole lot more fruit since then. But this really gives the biblical basis for the teaching of impartation. And it also gives people who are touched uh, a sense of how to steward it and what, God, what it may mean when God touches you so that you can step out in, in, in more faith. Um, first three pastors uh, want these. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's for whoever wants it, any pastor that wants it. Now, one last thing, then we'll begin the message. I want to make a free book available to every one of you. It's an e-book, and it's called Awed by His Grace. Now, Bill Johnson asked me to preach to his students one time, and I did, and I shared more than I normally did just about the struggles of life and all, and I thought, well, it's just Bill's church, you know, um, I don't have to worry too much, you know, his, just his congregation. Bill was so touched by the message and so that, that he copied it and sent it to over 400 pastors throughout the world, including some in my town <laughs> who called me and said, I want you to teach that message at my church. I said, no, you don't. It's, that's, that wasn't a message. That was just a sharing. That was too long for Sunday mornings. And I don't want you to teach on Sunday morning. I want you to teach on Sunday night. And don't want you to skip anything. I, I talked about the skeletons on both sides of my family. My family line, how unholy my family line was on both sides. And the redemption in Christ. And the change in one generation to the next generation to my children's generation. And um, 
my mom, uh, who went to be with the Lord last Christmas Eve, um, she, she told me when I went home, she said, I can't believe you wrote that book. I can't believe you printed all that. You took, you took all, every skeleton out of all, both sides. Of the, I just don't even want to go out and see the neighbors. And, and I said, Mom, never be embarrassed because of what we were. Because what we were and what we are is so different that we are trophies of God's grace. And so if you'll put it up, it's uh, the, the free ebook thing. All you have to do is just uh, text the word Randy Clark to 21,000, and then it'll tell you what to do, and you'll get the free ebook. It's, it's that message. I, I think it's that message, and I think there's another one with it called uh, Come Out of the Bunkhouse, which is two, my best two messages about grace. If you'd like it, you can get it that way. Now, um, I would like to, as you're doing that, show you a clip. And the reason is a 45-second clip or something like that. And the reason I want to show you that is that I believe that what you're about to see could happen here tonight. We get so uh, conditioned to a low expectation. Uh, for example, after Toronto for several years, I would see an average of 3% of the people get healed of something. 3% of the crowd, there'd be that many. 3% healings to the ratio of the crowd. And, uh, and even that was better than it had ever been. So that's like 30 out of 1,000. I was at Bill Johnson's church, and I felt like the Lord told me, and, and we had 25 get healed. Now, 30 was like 15 when I'd minister from the front, and then 15 more when the team prayed. So it's about 50% still that way. Everywhere we go, it's like a 50-50% thing, pretty close. And so, at the, so it's 15 from the ministry from the platform. So at Bill's church, we had 25, which is quite a bit more. And I was excited about it, but I felt like the Lord said, I want you to pray like Abraham did. But in, for Lot, uh, for Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. But instead of going down, I want you to go up. And I want you to ask me for more healings according to the measure of your faith. Now, that was a weird thought, but I, the only way I'm going to know that's God is to go for it. I process out loud in front of people. So I told the crowd what I thought God was saying. said, the only way we're going to know is we need to go for it. How many do you think we ought to ask for? And we wanted to find out if anybody was still sick. So we knew we had possibilities of healing, and there were still people that need to be healed. And we decided that, that we would ask for 50, which is a lot more than 15. We were already at 25. We prayed and counted the numbers of people now in total that had been healed, and it was 57. So we asked again for 75. And we prayed again, and we had 75. And we asked again for 100. And we prayed again, and we had 137, I think. 135, 137. Normally, it would have been 15. That was before the people prayed. That's just from the platform. And the Lord taught me a lesson. You have attributed to sovereignty what was really a problem of expectancy. 
So many of us believe that the little that we're receiving is due to the sovereignty of God. That's all he wanted to do. But the real issue was what we were expecting, including leaders, including pastors, including myself. Bill's church experienced a breakthrough, and they never went down to what they were having before after that night. I experienced a breakthrough, never went back down to 3%, and we saw 10% everywhere we went for uh, many years. And so I was um, preaching in the largest place I'd ever preached in at the time in San Paloas, and there were 8,000 people there and under roof. And I asked the leader, how many people are here? And he said, 8,000. So the first thing I said when I got up sounded like it was full of faith. But it really wasn't. It was understanding the faithfulness of God and what was normal. It was a declaration of what he had been doing for years. So the first thing I said when I got up was, before tonight's over, there'll be at least 800 healings in this place. And if we have a good meeting, there'll be a lot more than that. Well, there were a lot more than that. It was probably much closer to a couple of thousand healings that took place tonight. But when I said that there would be at least 800 healings, you could actually hear the, oh. And I realized they weren't expecting that. This, is, this was not hype. Hype is saying God's doing something when he's not. This was a statement of faith based on a history with God. In the last year, that 10% is now the normal that we usually see is 20%. So, if we have, if we went from out of a thousand people, 10% would be a hundred. I want to make a declaration. I'm expecting, just personally me, this is my expectation, and I hope that you can join me in it with real expectation. Not a th theological agreement, but a real expectation. But there'll be at least 200 conditions healed tonight in this meeting. And, and that'd be 20%. About 20%. That's what we've been seeing. Not only in Brazil, often much more than that, but in the United States for over a year. And I just feel that the, our atmosphere could be could be pregnant tonight with the birthing of something new in this area that remains. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, I was, I was traveling to this Baptist church in Brazil, and the Lord quickened that verse to me. And, um, and I felt like the Lord was saying, if it, which says this, as it is written, we believed, therefore we have spoken. That's Paul quoting David. And then Paul goes on to say, and so in that same spirit of faith, we too believe, and therefore we speak. And I felt like the Lord said, if you believe I'm going to do something, you need to tell the people what you're believing. Because if you will declare what you believe I'm really going to do, you can shift some of their expectation to join you in that expectation. And I wanted, that's why I made the declaration. That's why I'm 
telling you some of these things tonight. We're going to go for healing. Also, if God allows, we will also go for impartation. Um, The other thing I need for you to do is to get an understanding of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 18 through 20. And it's talking where Paul said, uh, uh, where he had told him he wanted to come. He wasn't able to come. And so he, he said, I'm not, God is not like me. I said I wanted to come, but I couldn't come. But in God, in Jesus Christ, it's not yes or no, but it's yes. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Number one way God glorifies his name in the Bible is through what he does and the testimony of what he does. Therefore, is when God gives a word of what he wants to do, a word of knowledge or a prophetic word, he looks to see if there will be an amen from not just the person the word is for, because that's the way we often think, in, and particularly in the United States, because we're the most, one of the most independent because of the Western move, and you know, we're one of the most independent uh, individualistic societies the world has ever seen. That's good and bad. Because the Bible is written in, with a, a collective understanding to the people of God. And so this verse in particular, so it says, and so the amen is spoken. And so through him, the amen is spoken by not me, but us. It's a plural. Now, what is the application of this? There's a tendency for us to be looking for a word for me. And if that word comes for me, I'm going to add my faith and my amen. I'm going to say, yes, Lord, let it be. But if there's somebody else, that's for them. And so the Lord, I believe the Lord is saying when we can come to a place that we're going to agree to believe for each other and stay focused and there's a word for a brother over here or a sister over there, we want to add our amen to it that we can see healings become miracles. And we'll see the numbers of healing increase because of the more biblical understanding of that promise. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses, the beginning of that chapter, said, If I found favor in your sight, then show me your ways or teach me. Translated differently. Show me your ways or teach me your ways that I may know you. In the understanding of the ways of God creates a more intimacy with God and a better knowledge of God. In understanding of the way God works, we, we, uh, we recognize when he's in our midst more. And when we don't have understanding of the ways of God, then God can be moving and we don't know it. For example, if we don't understand the purpose of a word of knowledge, if we don't understand it, it doesn't build faith. If we don't understand how God works in what appears in the natural to be an, a coincident or an accident, and don't recognize that that is actually a, I'm making up a word if it's not a word, a provident. See, there's coincidence and a coincident. I'm making up. There's providence, but one expression of providence is a provident. When we don't understand that, it can happen. We don't know it. We don't know that he's drawn near. We don't understand what he wants to do. So it's really important. As the prophet said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. A lack of understanding of the ways of God keeps us from, keeps us from our faith from being as strong as it could be with such an understanding. 
And I think there's things that God is going to do tonight that's going to help build our faith. I, and by the way, I do want to now, sh- before I go any further, I want to show that 45-second clip. This is actually not 45 seconds long. It's really about five seconds long looped. So that you can see, because there are 2,500 people here, when we got there, you could feel, tangibly feel, the faith in that room. There's another 500 people outside that couldn't get in, and they were watching by video, and part of my team was out there, and the rest of the team was in the building. Now, when we, when we counted before this video was taken, we had counted about 52, uh, 1,288 healings out of the 2,500 people that were in the room. That's 52, about 52% of the ratio of healings to people. That's a lot more than 20, which is a whole lot more than 10, which is a lot more than three. Did God's sovereignty change or did our experience in God and our expectation change? And did our experience follow our expectation? Yes, it did. Now, so I want to say, could we not believe tonight that what we watch here could be our experience. By the time this night is over, and by the way, this, what you're seeing, is before the laying on of hands, which usually, whatever you see, it's double that by the time the team is done praying at the end of the meeting. So this is before the laying on of hands. Let's watch the short clip. It's done on a cell phone, so it's not great quality. Anybody doing this is indicating they got at least 80% better. was totally healed of everything. I want, to, I want to be very clear. But everyone doing this had a condition that was at least 80% better. And the reason why we do that, because we examined and counted, um, looked at that just within minutes of having prayed. It wasn't days later. It wasn't weeks later. It was actually just a few minutes after the words of knowledge had been given and there had been a time of prayer. We said that everyone that's been healed, we've kind of seen it at different times. So that's what it is. And so if you get healed tonight, and you're, the moment you're at least 80%, now I'm going to say that for this reason. I learned that. Everything I do, I learned either from John Wimber, the Holy Spirit taught me, or Omar Cabrera, a famous healing evangelist in Argentina. And he's the one that taught me to do that. Because I asked him, why did you say 80%? And why didn't you just say, uh, stand up at the end of giving all the words of knowledge? Why do you say stand up immediately? He said, because if I give five words of knowledge, nobody stands up. The people will think I'm not hearing God, and the faith level will go down. But if people stand up immediately when I've given a word and they have it, then the faith level rises. That's why one of the other little things we do, you say, he is peculiar. Randy's eccentric. He's peculiar. 
He's got these little things he likes for us to do. One is to stand up immediately if you have a word of knowledge. Uh, when you're at least 80% better, it doesn't matter if there's not even been a prayer for you. Just let us know. Omar said, Randy, if I don't say that, people will feel like it's disingenuous and not true to, to stand up and say I'm healed if I'm not 100% yet. And so by saying once you're at least 80%, that is a significant degree of healing, and you're testifying to what God is in the process of doing, not necessarily has completely done. That's what we're saying, 80% at that point. Now, a lot of, I mean, many of them will be 100%, and a lot of them will be, a lot more of them will be 100% before they leave. But this way, you get to see what God is really doing. And if you don't say it that way, there will be so many more people that aren't 100% yet, but they have a significant degree of healing. 80% is a lot of healing. But if you don't say that, there'll be people who'll be 80, 85, 90, 95, even 98% better. But because they've got the least little bit left, they will not let us know what God is in the process of doing. And I learned, and the people I've taught, is when people, other ministers, have started doing it this way, the numbers of the faith rises because what they see God is doing encourages them that God is going to touch them. So that's why I do that. One other thing I'll ask to do tonight, so because I'm liable to forget it before I get there, so I'm just going to give some instruction. When the team comes up at the end of the night to lay hands for healing, they're going to ask you before you walk away, how much better are you? My grandkids, how much better are you? Uh, one of the persons who worked for me, they were symbols of God. And, and uh, their granddaughter, when she broke her foot, she said, did Papa pray for you? Who was an assembly of God pastor, ran our school for a while. And he, she said, yes. And, he, and then she, the little three or five-year-old said, what percent better are you? There was an expectation. If he prayed, you ought to be better. How much better are you? And, uh, uh, but, but they're going to ask you how much better you are. And we don't want you to... Conf- and by the way, I don't want anybody to do this because you're confessing the healing you received 2,000 years ago. I understand that. And, and that's wonderful. And that's a good attitude to have. But... But I'm saying that what I'm asking you to do is if there's been the manifestation of the healing you had 2,000 years ago, at least 80%, then you wave your hands. Because this means what I'm believing for and what I know happened 2,000 years ago, it is now happening right now. I'm at least 80% better in manifestation, so I'm going to let the... I'm going to... See, this gives God glory. Did you know if I take credit for what God does... And by the way, that wonderful talk you gave about me there's one thing wrong with it Randy doesn't do any of those things God doesn't you want to see what Randy can do when I pray and nothing happens you saw what Randy can do and that's the advantage that's, that's one of the good things of sometimes praying and nobody gets healed because it reminds you what you can do until you get to the one okay nothing 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 bam the healing Randy 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 Jesus so here's what they're going to ask you to do because there's going to be a lot of people standing in line waiting to receive prayer they need to know 
God is working through those people whose name is not Randy. And don't want there to be a Randy line either. So if you're at least 80% better, you and the person who prayed for you in unison five times are going to go. And that's a testimony. I just got healed, 80%. Because no one's going to be able to hear all the any testimonies because there's going to be so much going on at that time. But when you hear that clap and everyone that's waiting in line, when they begin to hear these claps happening, it's going to continue to sustain their level of faith that God is continuing to work, though he's not using me, he's using the team. And that's important. Because our job as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip you, the saints, for the work of ministry. Okay, so I believe that tonight there's going to be some people get here and you're going to be here that's going to be healed because of dreams. I did not know that God, dreams is one of the ways that God gave words of knowledge. So I went to Mozambique and uh, a couple of people, Sapraise and a couple of other guys who had raised the dead. I'd interviewed them about raising the dead. And then I asked them how they get words of knowledge. And they said through dreams. That's the number one way. I didn't know that. Within two weeks, I'm in Brazil and I have a dream. I see this guy's hand and there's something stuck in his hand. I gave the word and a guy came off the back row. It created such faith in him because it was exactly what had happened to his hand, sticking something way out past here. And he knew he was going to get healed, and he was instantly healed. His hand was paralyzed, a big scar across here. And I would not have given that as a word of knowledge had I not been to Brazil and found out dreams is one of the ways that God gives words of knowledge. I was in another place, and a woman came up to me and said, I had a dream that when my friend, who's actually dying of cancer at 28 years old, when in this dream, uh, I, I, this woman gave me a coin and said, when you're friend meets the man whose name is on the other side of this coin, she's going to get healed. And in the dream, she turns it over and it's got my name on it, except she's never heard of me. And I don't have a Portuguese name. And then she went a few days later through this town and saw a sign that I was going to be there and be doing a healing meeting. She told me that. Now, I have to confess to you, her friend that gets healed really wasn't healed by her faith because she didn't have much. It was my faith. And I have to confess something else. That dream and the person telling me the dream is what created that faith. I did not have that faith when I was in that meeting. I'm over here praying for about 100 people in a line. Everybody's got a line on. <laughs> and... Uh, I told him I'll be right back, but on the way back, this woman told me that story, and I didn't go back to the line. I stayed, and I prayed for this woman, and I did it in a way I would not have done normally. Normally, with that many people, for me, I'm supposed to be praying for, I would have prayed for just a few minutes, and if I didn't see anything happening, I would have, I would have gone and got to the next person. But this woman had been opened up. She's 28 years old, had been opened up, and every organ in her abdominal cavity is full of cancer, and her bones has cancer in her femurs, and, um, uh, and I, I'm praying, and I'm speaking to it, and interviewing her, and nothing is happening, and she feels nothing. She's no better, and normally I would have just gone on, but because of that dream that that woman told, this is my reasoning. If God gives that clear, that clear of revelation, he's going to do what he said. He's not going to give that kind of revelation and not do it. And, I, and the woman looked at me. I could tell she didn't have any expectation. I said, listen, 
You can get healed even if you don't have any faith. I got enough for both of us because God is not going to give that kind of... And by the way, I want to give credit to God because he... Get this. God created that faith in me by giving that woman a dream and sending her to talk to me. He did it, not me. I can't take credit for it. So dreams is one of the ways that people sometimes are healed because it creates faith uh, in, in the people who, are, who have the condition. I was in England, in the, um, in the London area, and there was a woman there I thought she was mentally ill because she acted weird. And she walked very uh, cautiously, uh, kind of like if you've seen people with uh, paranoid schizophrenia and on medicine, how they have a certain gait and just the way they walk, it's not normal. And, and she had these big uh, Bose noise-canceling headphones on and big, big, I mean, black glasses since night, it's in the nighttime. And, and, and I think, I mean, she's weird. I thought she was mentally ill. And so the second night, we're, we've had people get healed and we're interviewing people that have been healed. And she comes up to me needing healing. And I said, no, no, you don't understand. We're not praying for healing. We're interviewing people who've been healed. And she says, I do understand. I wanted to come to you last night, but I couldn't get to you. I wanted to come to you because I had a dream. And in this dream, you prayed for me. And when you prayed for me, I was healed. And I have been so sick for so many years. I was three years in a room, not able to hardly get out of it, just darkness. I can't, I'm, I'm light sensitive. I'm noise sensitive. I have like a pacemaker put into my colon to try to control the up to 30 times a day vomiting. I am, I am a rare case. They don't know what to do with me. And I had this dream, but I couldn't get to you last night. And, but this night, before she came up, I had given an illustration I almost never give. And the illustration was this. What caused Augustine, St. Augustine, who in his early writings, not to believe in miracles and healing, in the, his later years when he wrote The City of God, he talked about his retractions, one of which was about the numbers of healings that he was seeing in his bishopric and the numbers of healings. And the question was, what had changed this? And I said, one of the things that changed was a man in his parish came to him and said, uh, Bishop Augustine, I want you to lay your hands on my friend who's dying and he'll be healed. And Bishop Augustine, who didn't really believe in healing, said, if I had the power to heal, who, because he was sick himself, because Hippo was under siege, and if they broke the walls, they'd rape the women, kill the men. It was very stressful. That's why I believe he was sick, actually. He said, if I had the power to heal, I would lay these hands on myself first. And then the man said, but I had a dream. And in his dream, I heard God say, take your friend to Bishop Augustine. And when he prays for him, your friend will be healed. And immediately, Bishop Augustine said, bring me your friend. And when he did, the man was healed. And that woman said, when you gave that illustration, I knew tonight was going to be my night. And she did get healed. And she came, she came in on one of those little buggies, you know. And she said, it's up there. And I walked home last night. 
actually, it was an amazing, amazing healing. So dreams is one of the ways that God works. And I believe that there's people here that have dreams that God's going to heal you and God's going to do things in your life. Um, word of knowledge is one of the other ways that God will give somebody a word for, for a condition. Let me give you just one brief illustration. In, in uh, Mark 10, I think it is, or, um, blind Bartimaeus heard of Jesus coming. He's yelling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This is a shortened version. Jesus doesn't go say anything to blind Bartimaeus, but Jesus does do this. This is, this, this is not really a word of knowledge, but it is a great picture of, how, of what a word of knowledge is. Jesus spoke to one of his disciples, and he gave one of his disciples a word for blind Bartimaeus. So it's not Jesus, but it's one of Jesus' disciples carrying a message from Jesus, goes to blind Bartimaeus and says, on your feet, be encouraged. Why be encouraged? Four words. He is calling you. When you understand that God still does that, Jesus still gives words to some of his disciples for individuals who's here. So that's why we say, if it's you that has a condition, on your feet and be encouraged. Because he is calling you. The fact that he gave the word, and the more specific it is, the more power it will have in creating faith in you. So there's dreams, and there's words of knowledge, and there's, as I already talked about it, providence. But let me give you an illustration. Okay, remember the, picture, the, the short clip I showed you? 52% of the people were healed. as a four-square denomination. The next night, we went to another city in the area of Belém, Bethlehem in English, Belém in Portuguese. And it was the same denomination. And we get there. But instead of 2,500 people and so much faith, you could cut the atmosphere with the electricity of faith. It was the opposite. There were 20 people there. And I'm thinking, let me go back to last night's church. Why here? And I'm very discouraged. And instead of feeling faith, you feel the opposite of faith. It was so bad, they wouldn't let us stay in during worship. They took us into the green room and made us stay there so we wouldn't see how few people were there to get more discouraged. And when we came out, by the, about, about an hour later, half the church was full. There was about 500 people. But you could still feel the opposite of the night before. And I steeled myself and I began just to encourage the church. And this is the illustration I want to get to. I said, I don't have faith in your faith tonight. My faith is not in your ability to believe. My faith tonight is in God's ability to create faith in you. My faith is in God's ability to do things in this meeting that will cause you to come into faith. And then I explained about words of knowledge. And, I, and because we had been in Brazil a month earlier, and my assistant, I, uh, he had given a word of knowledge, and, and he's had a kidney created, and he has creative miracles. And so I, I told about how he had given this word that he had seen, a visual word of knowledge, and he, he saw this he saw a, a red helmet with a black shield, and the red paint had been scratched off the top, meaning there'd been an accident. When he gave that word, a woman pastor, a pastora, 
of Foursquare on the platform. It's for her. I don't know now if it's 12 years earlier, she'd been in a motorcycle wreck. She had had a red helmet on with a black shield, and it did land on her head and scratched it all up. And for 12 years, she's had lots of pain in her body from complications from that accident. When he gave that word, it created so much faith in her, she starts weeping. She knows, this is me. She stands up, and before he can lay hands on her, before he can say, come Holy Spirit, before she even gets to him, between getting out of her seat and walking about this far, she'd already been healed. Now, I'm just trying to encourage the church. Within 10 seconds of finishing that story, over there, like where that exit is, there was an exit, sliding glass door. That door opens. This couple, young couple, got there an hour late. Boyfriend, girlfriend, arrived on a motorcycle. He walks in, and behind her, she steps in, and this woman is carrying a red helmet in her hand. Now, you can call that a coincidence. You can call that an accident. But the eyes of faith sees it as a provident. It's the providence of God. This is an orchestrated thing for our purpose to build our faith. And I said to myself, it may not sound that holy, but I think God was pleased with what I said. Because he, he knew that for me, this meant I, I believed. I see her walk into that helmet, and I said to myself, to God, underneath my breath, I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I can't get her attention, and so she walks all the way back to the back, uh, and she turns around, and I can see her, and said, the young lady, you're about to sit down. Do you need a healing in your body? She's young. She may not have needed anything. She said, yes, I do. I said, come to the front. God's about to heal you. Now, I don't normally say that. But that faith to say that with, wasn't, that was not hype. Hype is saying, God's healing you. It hadn't started yet. I said, God's about to heal you. That's a statement of faith. She came up, found out what was wrong with her. We started praying. Fire comes on her. She starts sweating from the heat of God all over. She gets healed. And then the rest of the meeting, I don't get to teach hardly anything. God just said, you got one point across, I'm going to illustrate it. And he just starts giving words of knowledge and specific things. And, 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 and by the time he gets done doing that, there's so much faith in the room. We had 73% ratio of healings to the number of people that were there. It's one of the highest that we've ever had. And it started out not in a lot of faith, but God is the one who created the faith If I take credit for what God does, I touch his glory, and that's not good. But if you don't give credit for what God does, you touch his glory. So how do I touch his glory? By withholding the testimony. He said, well, there's not time for everybody to testify. There's time for everybody gets at least 80% to do this. All right. I want to show a video. It's going to Brazil Mega. This is going to, it's a little bit less than nine minutes long. If I found out this is testimony of people testifying to healing. This is the testimony of healing. It builds faith. What I found out, I had shown this video and other videos many times and didn't see people get healed. And then one day, several years ago, I just felt like, hey, I believe 
if you'll watch this with an expectation that you can be healed watching it, you could get healed watching it. And I so expect that that's going to happen to some of you. As soon as it's over, I want everybody to stand up, even if you don't have anything wrong with you, just stand up in sympathy for the others, and then try to do something you can't do. Take a minute to chest it out, and then everyone that's 80%, I want you to let us know, 80% or more, that you're at least 80% or more just watching the video. When I did that, something changed. People were healed watching it. Last week, three days ago actually, I was in Detroit. I showed a video and I forgot to tell them. I expect somebody to get healed watching it and you can be healed watching it. I showed the same video and nobody got healed. What was the difference? No one was expected to get healed. Why weren't they expected? Because no one told them that it happens. I forgot to do my part. I want to make sure tonight I don't forget to tell you. As a matter of fact, the last person you watch in this video, you're watching a person not give a testimony of having been healed. You're watching a person being healed. And there'll be one point that I'll tell you, we just cut 20 minutes of prayer out, but you're going to see a, a miracle. There's going to, I, I wanted to ask a question. How many people here have had a surgery and you have uh, some type of metal or artificial material put into your body? Would you lift your hand really high? I want you to know something. For me, I've seen over 5,000 people get healed who have metal in their body and their pain be healed or their movement be restored. Over 5,000 now. I wrote my doctoral dissertation on it on five different continents that we studied it. But I want you to know where it started. It started in Loveland, Colorado. The very first time I saw it happen. It happened in Loveland, Colorado. And so I want you to know, particularly, there will be at least three or four of these testimonies that are going to deal with the surgery, pain, and, and, and they were healed. And I just, that's what I'm going to ask for first. Those of you who have the, raised your hand, some of you are going to get healed. I, 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 I believe it could be close to 50% of you. Now, I, I know it could be all of you, but I'm expecting not just a few of you to be healed because I've seen God do this so much. There's other things, if you have anything on it, or, or it just may be you feel heat come on your body as you're watching it. So the last testimony, what you'll not hear her say was, I'd showed a video of a lot of metal being healed, and she needed it. She came on crutches. While she's watching it, she feels heat come in her leg. It gets 30% better. That's not 80, so she couldn't do this. But she came forward, and when she came forward at the end of the service, the moment we started to pray, the power of God hits her, and you'll hear the rest in the story itself. I don't want to get any farther than that. Here's one thing I want to say. In Brazil, not in the United States or other places, but in Brazil, 100% of the people who were healed of metal weren't healed until they tried to do what they couldn't. And almost 100% of them felt heat or the presence of God touching them 
when they were healed as well. Now, outside of that country, another place, we've, we've had diversity. I just believe we're going to see a lot of people get healed at the end of this video. Then we'll pray for more to be healed. And then we'll see those as not yet 80%, but you're starting to be healed. And then we'll pray for you again. Okay, let's watch the video. Motorcycle accident right here in front of the church five years ago. E o que aconteceu? Hoje eu tenho oito pinos e duas platinas para segurar o pescoço. Oito pinos, eight screws and two metal bars on his neck. E eu tinha dificuldade para abaixar o pescoço. And I couldn't do this. Mostra. bastante. Look at this, and, and <laughs> he's got eight screws and two metal bars, and his head was froze, and he had to turn his shoulder to look, and he had a lot of pain. I said, were well, you taking uh, strong medication? He said, no, I just took it like a man. <laughs> How long did he have this loss of range of motion and pain? How long did he have this loss of range of motion and pain? Five years Right in front of the church. Four screws and two metal bars. Quanto tempo atrás você pôs? Dois meses. Two months ago. He takes very strong medication to control the pain. He said he almost didn't come for to come for the service tonight. He was in severe pain there. He couldn't sit down. He was couldn't stand anymore. He was almost leaving. And then you pray for people with metal on the body, and the pain is gone. It's pretty numb. The place where he had the surgery there wasn't pain before. It's pretty numb. And she said, Randy was saying, believe in miracles, believe in miracles. She felt she needed to go to the bathroom. She went to the restroom and she said she didn't even have time to, to go to the toilet. The stones just went through and she passed all the kidney stones. They're, they're Big. <laughs> huge ones. Mostra de novo pra gente. Impossible to pass naturally. Impossible to pass naturally. Glória a Deus, igreja. Deus abençoe. He lost his uh, hearing. 100% in both ears. The only way he could hear a little bit was with the hearing aids. Who with the hearing aids? But she, he said, I said, but did you recoup how how much percent? He said, I think everything because it's been such a long time that I don't hear. But I think it's everything because I'm here talking to you. I have no hear aids and I'm listening to you perfectly. <laughs> 
Three years ago, he lost most of it. And the doctor said, my case is irreversible. There is no way to heal this. Mas como eu confio no Senhor Jesus, eu But I believe in Jesus Christ. I didn't, I didn't believe in what they said. I believe that he would do this miracle for me one time or another. Até mesmo porque o tempo dele não é o meu tempo. Because I know his time is not my time, but I believe tonight. I'm he said, Can you, do you realize this? I'm talking to you both, and I'm not wearing the hearing aids. Now, did he feel anything, or did he just all of a sudden his ear, his hearing? Voltando. Eu tô voltando pro planeta Terra, porque eu tô longe. He said, I couldn't, I can't explain you, because it's like I, I, I went out. I, I went somewhere else, and then I still come back. I'm still coming back, so I can't really explain what happened, but I, I'm I'm still digesting what happened. Before we get in this, we, get, we have Rosanna. We have Rosanna here. After 20 years, she lost 20 years ago she lost this eye. And Jesus is so you can see a scar here, a scar there. She totally lost it. It was just scar tissue. And and now you can see the pupil being formed in the back of the white. And the, and the color, it was really white before, but now you can see the color forming. The, the pulpy has been formed, the new one. <laughs> Hallelujah. And she's, and the, uh, the eye was much smaller. Sun, it, eye was very small. It wasn't formed, it was sunk way back in the back, and she had a, a glass eye over it to make it stick out look normal. She had this. She had this instead of an eye there. Yeah. And now? She doesn't need it. She, this is this was in the socket. How how far back it went? It was way back, and this was covering it. Yeah. And now look at that. Wow. I mean that. Hosan, Jesus está fazendo um milagre. This woman has from right, the this knee is the one that's down live. to here a bar and 12 screws. She has to walk of crutches all the time. She. Hey, ready? She couldn't bend her. She knee. could not bend her knee when she came here. Something's bending her and she's not doing it. It's like there's a power bending her like this. And she could not bend that knee. Three years ago and in five months, she's not been able to walk without crutches, not been able to bend her knee. Like, I feel like it's a bone growing here or something. It's burning, it's hurting, it's weird. Just said, help me, please. <laughs> She said I couldn't bend my knees. It's been three years. I never I wasn't able to do this. Are you guys are you guys really understanding what's happening? I couldn't bend my knees. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's hurting, but it's a good hurt. She said it's a good hurting. I knew today was gonna be my day. She couldn't walk without crutches. She couldn't bend her knee. Now watch how little movement, this is right after she got up. Look how little movement the left leg has now, you can see it. See how little she can move it? Now we just prayed 20 minutes, but that's been cut out. I don't know how to run anymore. I wanna run, I wanna run, I wanna run. <laughs> Watch her joy. I'm so full of joy. I'm so full of joy. 
I was afraid to run because I could I couldn't run after the surgery I had. I know today wasn't gonna be my day. I couldn't do this. She said, the, you, you don't get it. The doctor said, you're not going to be healed. You're going to have to amputate your leg if you still, if the nothing changes. <laughs> I couldn't stand on, on the other leg because I had no strength on this one. I could never do this. Now I can, now I can. Praise Jesus. Never crutches, never more. I'm going home without crutches. Amen. When we first started praying, it's like instantly, within five seconds, power hits her leg. And her legs start shaking like that. And I said to Danny, go get John. Go get John. This is about to happen. I want him to catch this one. It was amazing. And you just saw all that she could do. And she's so excited. And she's going to walk home tonight without crutches. Yeah, would everybody stand and start beginning to check out your body? And as you're doing, it, doing that, uh, about the kidney stones, I want to share a little bit. We have a Dr. Zaretsky, who's on the Global Medical Research Institute. When it, uh, we try to verify and write articles and put them in medical journals about people who've been healed in our meetings. But anyway, he was with us in Brazil, and this man who had hereditary kidney stones and passed them all the time, and his brother and his dad had them, and it hurt horribly. And there had to be lots of blood, and it was terrible. He got healed of a kidney stone. We laid a dime down and laid this kidney stone beside the dime. It was as long as the dime was wide, and it was a third as width of the dime. And Dr. Zaretsik said, that's impossible for that man to pass. That's four times bigger than the that it's got to go through. And the man had no pain when he passed it. And there was no blood and absolutely no pain at all. That is not, that is not naturally possible. We've had other people, men and women in Brazil, they, they pass the stone, they, they get them out of the toilet and wash them off and bring them, show them to you. <laughs> the fact that that was so big, it, yes, it is impossible. But all things are possible to God. We had a woman who had a big tumor and it fell out of her. Poof, between her feet. That big, big as a grapefruit. I asked her how it happened. I had an idea. It wasn't my idea. And I didn't know how it could be any other way. And she said, uh, my abdominal wall opened and it popped right out and then it closed. And my, whole, my spirit said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And my brain said, tilt. I don't get it. I, can't, I, 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 I had a thousand questions. Why didn't it hurt? Why wasn't there blood? I, you know, all this stuff. All I know is there was a, there was a tumor the size of a grapefruit between her feet. It wasn't on the outside, it was on the inside. And she ought to know <laughs> where it came from. All things are possible. I was talking to Marilyn Hickey today. We had three women that were supposed to have their legs cut off. Three different causes, three different problems. All of them got healed and did not have to have their legs cut off. And my... 
General Baptist Church. I was telling you about that. I was raised in. The pastor just called me and said, we have had uh, two verified knee, knee replacement canceled. Hip replacement canceled. And that's in a General Baptist Church that's never had healing as they just started opening up. All right, check your body out. More than once, several times. We were in Rio de Janeiro in a Baptist church. This guy, he had 16 screws, severe scoliosis, four bars, couldn't lift his arms past here. He tried beyond a minute. He tried, some are already getting healed, some are already being healed. We'll just check in a moment. He went outside so as not to disrupt and draw too much attention. After 15 minutes, he came in. He couldn't lift him past here. He came in. Full range of motion. He had stepped out and just kept. I can tell how much faith. There's going to be a lot. I believe a lot of healing because I saw a lot of movement. Usually you can tell by how much movement, how much faith's in the room. All right. Now, everybody will, and then I'll check on the medal in just a moment. But everybody that you are at least 80% better, and I know that some of you can't wave your hands because you don't know if you're healed because you'd have to go to have a test. I understand that. What we will do, we will ask those who thinks they've been healed later because there was a lot of power that hit your body. And you think you've been healed. We'll give you a chance, but we won't include you in the count because that would, you know, we can't prove it. Okay? But I think you need a chance to, if you really did feel this, the power God hit you to be able to say that you do believe you were healed because of that. But now, it's for those that know you're at least 80% better. Would you, for one minute, wave both hands uh, over your head? Okay. Uh, JR, would you count that section? And this guy on the end, would, this guy, that guy right there, yeah. Would you count that section? Okay. Jo, uh, Josiah, would you count this section? Okay, now wave them again if you're at least 80%. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many did you get? Seven, 15. How many did you get, JR? 15, 26. How many did you get? Okay, we got to pray for this side over here. Either this is the really healthy side, or you're going to get it next. How many? It's 26. Now. How many of you had a metal issue or artificial material put in your body and you're at least 80% better? Wave your hands. Both hands over your head. There's one. Any others? Two. Any others? Three. Four. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just really quick, just really loud. How many screws or plates and how many years ago? Three screws six weeks ago. Thank you, Lord. And, and who? Yes. Could we have somebody count the overflow and let us know? Um, how many screws, bars? Three? And you can move your ankle now. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Where's that another one? Uh, wave your hand at me. Another one really quick. Okay, this woman over here. Fifteen years ago, three screws. 
Did you, is your uh, 80% better at the pain or is it the movement that uh, restored or which was it? In your face. Now you can't, and you could feel them before the screws. Yes, because there's not much skin over the bone there in the face. Thank you, God. Was there one other somewhere? Okay, what about you? Two and a half knee replacements. Knee camp came off of one. replacement is coming off the bone and I've had pain down the side of the calf and uh, I don't have it now don't Amen. have it at all thank you Lord thank you Lord okay now I just want to point out something 26 healings there's not been one prayer yet for healing now, I just want to point that out see it's not the prayer that heals but that's where some people's face at all right, now I need to ask a question, though. How many of you that weren't 80% that you were getting better, would you put only one hand up? Say, I'm not 80%, but I, I am better. Just put one hand up. Okay, now keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. And, if you, and by the way, this side over here, you're going to get in on this. We're going to pray for you because if I was praying for you as an individual and, and you said, I'm not 80%, but I'm getting better, I wouldn't stop. I'd pray again. So I'm going to ask those that are standing around, the people that's got their hand in the air, if you'll just don't, you don't necessarily have to touch them, but just point your hand toward them, and let's agree together, blessing them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what you have started. And we bless every individual that you have already started healing. We just speak into their life, and we say yes, and we say amen, and we bless what you're doing. Command pain to leave. God, we pray tonight that we'll not only have healings, but there'll be creative miracles. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless the people. We say yes and amen. Pain, leave. Regenerate, rebuild, restructure, whatever you need to do, God, to get them out of pain and restore function. That's what we ask in the authority of Jesus' name. God, in Jesus' name, we bless them. And we speak healing to them. Amen. Now check your body out. Those of you that just received prayer, check it out again. If you weren't 80% a while ago, but now you are, wave both hands over your head till your wrist crossed. I'm going to ask everybody to count the sign. Count them again. Keep waving for one minute. Both hands if you're at least 80% better now. <coughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Keep waving both hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many jobs are there? Mm-hmm. Okay, three. How many over here? Ten. Thirteen. How many over here? Fifth. All right, fifteen more. And there's a, I think, JR, there's another. Did, did you just get healed after we counted? On the very back row there? That's 11. Okay. Uh, 16 more. 16 more, and we had, what was it? What's the total now? Huh? 
How many we have now? 42 total in here. We haven't heard yet from the overflow rooms. Okay. Now, how many of you came tonight in need of healing and felt like God told you tonight would be the night you get healed? Just lift up your hands. Okay, I want to agree with you. And I'm going to ask everybody else in, the, in this room, just keep your hands up. Would the people in the congregation just put your hands toward the people who's got their hands raised? Father, we believe they've heard from you. You've given them this faith. Even as on the video, some said, I knew tonight would be my night. Lord, often the people who come with a gift of faith come because you, you've communicated to them. So we agree with them and we bless them. Let your power come. Let your power come. In the name of Jesus, we bless them. We rebuke sickness. We rebuke disease. God, we pray for regeneration of parts that's been damaged, maybe in accidents or whatever it may be. In the name of Jesus, create new parts. In the name of Jesus, we bless them. And together we say, Amen to their healings in the name of Jesus. Okay, now, check your body out. This is just a few seconds after the prayer, but go ahead, check it out. Check your pain levels, check your function levels. If you're at least 80% from the, the people who just raised their hand a while ago, wave both hands over your head. Here's one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, out. Seven more. 49. Okay. All right. Okay, you may be seated. If you have any of these conditions, I want you to stand up immediately. Where the thoracic part of the vertebrae and disc joins the lumbar part. <laughs> right there. That's where God wants to heal, that, that, that area. <laughs> Amen. Be encouraged. You are encouraged. Also, the seventh thoracic vertebra disc area, uh, the thoracic is it's not the cervical, not in the neck, and it's not this part down in the lumbar area. It's, just, it's that bigger part in here. Seventh is somewhere in there. Um, okay. Um, I've already dealt with metals. Uh, last December... Um, God set up a situation where I prayed for three women in a row. All of them were pastors. One, one two were pastors. One was a missionary. And they had psoriatic arthritis. I didn't even know what it was. Never heard of it. Even though I realized it's on television commercials now. Uh, but I didn't understand what it was. And they all got healed. And they had debilitated. debilitated. One would just emotionally start weeping because of all the pain she had been in for so long. I went back, um, and then 12 out of 13 women that I prayed for in a row 
were healed of psoriatic arthritis. And we didn't, didn't stay that high, but we're still seeing a lot of women of psoriatic arthritis getting healed. This is not a word of knowledge, but this is just a place of faith I am at in believing that God is wanting me not only to believe for healing for metal, but also for psoriatic arthritis. So are there any persons here with psoriatic arthritis? And if so, would you stand? Anyone with psoriatic arthritis? And uh, I just believe that you're going to receive healing. Um, someone's here and you have a problem in the left side of your right knee, which would be the inside area of the, of the, the right knee, and this, this area right in here. Um, and then in the back of the right calf, in the back of the right calf, somebody has a problem in the back of the right calf. If that's you, I didn't, did you wave at me? Okay. I need more. Okay, couple. Um, I want to pray for eyes. I, I, I was talking with, on the program today with, with Marilyn. We have actually seen a guy of 55 years was totally blind. His corneas and pupils were totally destroyed when he was five years old when a muriatic acid spill came in his eyes and he had an eighth of an inch thick white scar tissue over his eyes. A woman on our team prayed for five hours for this man because God kept saying, don't stop. When she had to get on the bus, he couldn't see a thing and never felt a thing. She left to come back to the United States. We went to another city. Another team joined us. Three days later, the pastor of that church called and said it's the greatest miracle in the history of their church. The guy's third time down to the hospital because they have his records for 55 years. And he woke up on the third morning with no change the night before, woke up with no scar tissue and restored pupils and corn. It was a creative uh, miracle. Another man had the optic nerve wasn't attached to the back of the eye. He was prayed for, and now he can see. Again, the optic nerve had never been. They said, the doctor said it would take a miracle for you to ever see. Your optic nerve is not connected to the eye, the back of the eye. And then the um, other person was in the accident whose eye was totally destroyed, and there wasn't even a pupil there. And you saw that cornea and pupil being formed, and that wasn't there. And we had an eye doctor with us, and she's beginning to see light from that. So we've seen some creative miracles. And I just felt like God said that he wanted to challenge me. Step out in faith and go for eyes tonight. Um, flat feet. You have flat feet. I recently was in, in Europe, and uh, several years ago, I was in Copenhagen. I prayed for a boy who had flat feet, terrible as we began to pray, he started crying. And he said, it's hurting. I said, what's hurting? He said, the bottom of my feet. It feels like somebody's taking a hammer and hitting the bottom, and it's hurting me. And they just wanted me to know, this was a few months ago when I was uh, in, in Europe again, that that guy was running marathons, that he actually got arches. God created arches in his feet from very flat feet, created the arches, and now he was running marathons. And I just felt like God said, go for flat feet. Um, the outside of the left ankle bone, right in here. I'm just curious. Somebody else may have already been healed of that with the ankle. But anyway, go for it. Um, and then um, neurological issues. Lou Gehrig's disease, or ALS, 
We now, I just this last week got another testimony. It's the second person we've prayed for who's been healed of ALS when there's no cure for ALS. One of them had been healed 20 years ago and I just found out about it about two years ago. This one was healed like three years ago in one of our meetings. I just found out about it last week. And so I felt like God said, go for neurological issues, whether it's MS or ALS or anything else that deals with a neurological problem. Uh, we've seen uh, several people be healed. Um, Pain in the palm of your left hand. Pain in the ball of the left foot. Uh, about right in here in the ball. R- kind of behind where the big toe is. Back a little. In that area. Right there. Who has that? Okay. And then I don't know what this means. So I'm just going to see if anybody knows what this means. Because I don't have the interpretation. It's a number. It could be nothing. It could be something. So I'll just give it. And if it makes sense to you, just, just let me know. 1375 or 1375. If that makes sense to you, you can tell me later and I'll announce it. It could be I missed God. Um, is there somebody here by the name of Samuel? Samuel's your name? Two Samuels? Three Samuels? Okay. Um, I, I don't know if these words go together because I heard Samuel and then I heard another impression. I, I mean here impression. I, I, I got Samuel and then seconds later it was Doolittle. And I felt like that it might be somebody's last name, but I felt like more than that God was using... Um, parabolic language or metaphor for me and I just want to see is there because it may be Samuel he just wants to heal something but it also I don't want to miss this it could also mean there's a Samuel here and you were told you were told that so the do little is a play on words that you would do little you would accomplish little that you weren't to have big hopes for your life that you were basically given a little vision for your life. I'm just curious if, if uh, any of the Samuel say, you know, that, 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 I, 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 that makes sense to me. Because it may not be for you, but it may be for somebody else. Okay? None of the Samuels. All right. Oh, it is? Does it make sense for you? Okay. I feel like the Lord just really wanted to break that off of you. That that was something that was holding you back, and it's created a life script for you. And 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 if you believe and agree and come in agreement with that word that was said over you, that it, it creates a life script. When you begin to get have a chance to be successful, you can undermine it because you don't feel worthy of it. And God just wants to totally break that off of you, and, and for you to have a much more positive expectation for good things to be accomplished through your life. Okay, now, let's pray. Oh, before we pray, would you check your bodies out? I just want to see if any of you got healed by the word before we pray, that you're at least 80% better. Uh, There there is uh, one already, two already, three already. Okay, now I want you to wave your hands again because I'm not going to count you. 
I'm just going to wait and count at the end. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every person that's standing, for every one of these conditions, we say yes and amen. Release your healing in the name of Jesus, God. Release your healing in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, we command in the authority of Jesus' name, healing to come to that thoracic area where it joins the lumbar area. Healing, that pain to leave in Jesus' name. For the person that got in that seventh thoracic area, in Jesus' name, we command that pain to leave, healing to come in the authority of Jesus' name. We speak to anyone who has that thoracic, psoriatic uh, arthritis in Jesus' name. God, we break its power and we speak to the immune system to quit overreacting and attacking an autoimmune disease in Jesus' name. We speak healing, God, what we've seen you do and so many other, uh, we bless and thank you for it and ask now. Healing to come, the pain to leave, the pain to leave in the joints. In Jesus' name, God, we command that problem on the left side of the knee to leave in the authority of Jesus' name, the pain in the back of the right calf to be gone. And God, we pray for healing in eyes. We pray not only people would get better sight, but we pray, God, that uh, there'd be significant healing in somebody's eyes that's uh, legally blind. Uh, are they blind, uh, 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 detached retinas, something, God. There you got a creative thing. That's what we're asking for in the name of Jesus, for there to be a creative miracle tonight for your glory. We want the name of Jesus to receive a lot of glory tonight, Father. A lot of glory in the name of Jesus. God, we speak to people who have flat feet. God, they begin to feel you restructuring and causing arches. Even though it started that night in a boy, it took a few days for him to be brought in. We pray that there to be the beginning, Father, of the healing of flat feet, in the, especially the right one. I think somebody's got a right foot that's worse than the others. In Jesus' name, we speak to that right foot. We speak to both of them, but especially the right one in the name of Jesus for those flat feet to, to come in in the name of Jesus. We pray, God, make it single in the name of Jesus. Like the woman, that, like the girl that was killed and, and came back to life and she had a still double vision. God, you, 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 you healed her and you caused the single vision to come. Heal him in the name of Jesus, we pray. For the glory of the name of Jesus, we bless him in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, we pray also for the problem in the ankles and neurological issues to be healed in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. And the pain in the palm of the left hand, we command that to leave in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now, thank you, God, in advance for what you're about to do and already have done in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, check out your body again. And if you are 80% better, I want you to weigh both hands over your head for a minute. Everybody in... in Thank you, God. 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 Thank- oh, that side's getting in on it now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. More's happening. More's happening. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. And two here. That's nine. And five more. 14. How many on this side? And seven over here. 14 and seven is tw- 21, right? 14 and seven is 21. 70? Okay. 
70 healings total. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Now, how many of you, you could not wave your hands because you don't know if you've been healed or not because you have to have a test. And you can't know if you're healed until you have that test. But you believe you've received healing because you were aware of God's presence touching you. We're not going to include you in the count, but go ahead and wave your hands if that's the case. I, I, now look all over. Just go ahead and stand and do that if you want so people can see. You, you, because you were aware, and, and by the way, many, many of the people, that's quite high, of people who feel lots of power, heat, and energy go through them, they are. And when you go and find out that you have been, you need to go to your local church and let them know and, and give the testimony. Now, how many of you of this, the last few times we've prayed, you are better, but you're not 80%. Would you stand back up? Everyone that's better, but not 80%. This is our uh, last prayer. You're better, but you're not 80%. Go ahead and stand up. And also for anybody, you didn't come expecting to get healed tonight, but now that you've been here, you, you think you could be healed. Your faith has risen. But there's no word of knowledge for you. So would you, want to, you can stand and join these that's already standing. This is our last prayer for healing, unless I feel glad otherwise. <laughs> Okay, again, I'm going to ask the people that's seated to just raise your hand towards somebody around you. Our Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. And we ask that you would glorify the name of Jesus. We bless everyone who's standing. We bless everyone whose faith has been encouraged and increased tonight. We speak to the problems in their body. And we ask, God, you'd release angels right now to come with healing and new parts in Jesus' name. We pray for gifts of healing to be released by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Glorify your name. Increase the heat. Increase the electricity. Increase the energy in the name of Jesus healing. God, we pray that people who need new hips, new knees, new shoulders, whatever it may be, like what happened in my home church, would happen here. Those scheduled parts would be canceled because they're not needed anymore. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Test out your body. If you now test it out, if you're 80% or more better from this, this time, this prayer, wave both hands over your head. Wave both hands. And keep waving for one minute. Thank you, God. Keep waving. Keep waving. Thank you, God. 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 And there's one more over there side that just this guy just started waving right there. Thank you, God.
Thank you, Lord. Okay, and I had four, nine. Uh, eight, 17. 17 more. That's 87. Is that where we're at? Do we have any idea on any overflow rooms? That's just, I know, that's just in here. Okay. 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 It's 90. All right. Now. Five more. That's 95. Do you remember me saying that usually about 50% are at this point and the other 50% is with the laying on of hands? We're at 95. So, it's going to be a good night. 96. Another one. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Now, if we... All right. I want maybe seated. My goal was by nine o'clock to start teaching on impartation. We're at nine twenty-two. I'm a little over. That means I'll just have to go shorter on the impartation time, because by uh, nine forty, I want to begin praying for impartation. And at nine fifty-five. I would like to be able to have the ministry team come up all the way across the front to begin praying for people for healing with the laying on of hands. Well, a lot of people, almost 50% of the people that never were healed in the meetings through words of knowledge were later healed through laying on of hands or healed of a second thing. By the way, I'm just curious, did anybody here tonight get healed of more than one thing? Would you put on, the, on your fingers how many things you were healed of, and then I'll subtract one? <laughs> so, okay, that'd be two more. That'd be one more than what we have. Who else got healed more than one thing? Two more. So that's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Okay. So if they, if they, they put up two, I only counted one because we'd already counted them. They put up three, I counted two. So 14 more. So 95 and 14 is 109, right? Huh? 96 and 14 is 110? All right. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. When I was 30... Two years old, I met John Wimber for the first time, and he, when he prayed for me, and this has only happened like three or four times in his life, he heard the audible voice of God. And I had a little Baptist church in a little village, and there's no reason to hear this. And God said that one day in the future, he was going to send me around the world and one other guy from the vineyard. And it, he used us to lay our hands on people and pray for people. And God would activate and release gifts of healing and miracles and, and gifts of the Spirit and for people to be filled with the Spirit. It really didn't happen, not very much, for 10 years. And then when it began in Toronto, John called me and said, what God told me about you 10 years ago, it starts now. 
And for the last 26 years, I've been going all over the world. And there's been people in our meetings that have been so touched, they've been empowered, deacons and elders and pastors, but also lay people. We've had lay people who had never prayed for anybody. One of them named Karen in Copenhagen has 42% of the people she prays for on the streets of Copenhagen, one of the most secular cities of all of Europe. 42% of the people she's prayed for have been healed. That's higher than the great healing meetings, the healing evangelists of the 48 healing revival. The average percent in the healing line was 15. But nobody knows her name. Lay person. Introverted, not extroverted. Another woman, the first time, she felt heat in her hands. And, be, and um, she went straight to a meeting, prayed for her friend who had a broken pelvis bone. It wasn't healing right. And her hands got hot like they had in the meeting. And she said, I don't understand it, but my hands are hot. And her new age friend, who was not a Christian, said, well, then lay them on me. <laughs> she did, and she prayed in the name of Jesus. She went back to the doctor the next day, and the doctor had to use two x-ray machines because he didn't believe the machine was working because it was impossible for her pelvis bone to be healed. He couldn't even see where there'd been a fracture in it. He said, I'm a man of science. It's impossible. But after they did two machines, he looked at the woman and said, what did you do? And she said, my friend was in a meeting. She's prayed for. She got hot hands. And that night she prayed for me. And now I'm healed. And this doctor who didn't believe and thought this is impossible at first, then looked at her and said, could you get your friend to come pray for me? <laughs> healing is a children's bread, and it's a healing call. It causes people to come to faith, even as it did in the Bible. When I wrote the book, There's More, I got testimonies of people. I said, would you send me your testimony? If, if I prayed for you and you got touched, let me know what happened. One lay person, the first night of Toronto named Carol Berg, who comes to my school quite often now and teaches, has her own healing ministry. That first night when I prayed for her, I, we, she's, like I said, the first person healed in, when Toronto broke out. She, I didn't know it, but she was dying. She had more than one terminal illness, and she was severely depressed because she'd been sick for so long. If you've been sick for long, long periods of time, it's hard not to get depressed. And I, I saw her fall down. She's sitting in up against the chair, her butt on the floor, and her back up against the, uh, the chair. And I walked away from her, and the Holy Spirit said, go back to her and tell her she's been sad too long, take another drink. So I went up to Carol Berg, and I said, you've been sad too long, take another drink, did my finger like that. And she got drunk in the Holy Spirit. And is laughing, and, and I, I thought, that was so exciting. I was really excited about it. And then for 12 years, every time I saw her, she's still drunk. And then I judged her in the, I actually did judge her wrongly. And I remember thinking, she started in the spirit, but now she's found her identity in being drunk. And now she's in the flesh. I was wrong. I had to apologize to her and to God for misjudgment. Because when I got the letter, I learned that she had these illnesses, that she was dying. I learned about how the depression I learned that she was healed. I learned that she started praying for healing. I learned that she now had a ministry and she went to Scandinavia a lot. And I learned that one time in her visit to Scandinavia, a young mother 
who was about to give birth to her child for over a week to 10 days had not felt it move, had gone to the doctor, and the doctor had confirmed that her baby had died in her womb. And she was going to have to give birth to a stillborn baby. Carol Berg did not know the baby in that womb was dead. And she ran over to the woman when she got there, put her hands on the abdomen, and started blessing this baby, not knowing it was dead. Said, I bless your baby, I bless your baby, I bless your baby. And two years later, when she went back to that church, the little two-year-old boy, the miracle boy that was dead in the mother's womb that had come to life when she blessed, when the mother said, that's the woman who prayed for you when you were dead in my womb and you came back to life. And then in the letter, she said, every time I get around you, I get drunk again. And I realized, well, she's not drunk all the time, just when she gets around me. <laughs> I missed it. Those are often the testimonies you never hear about. There's other testimonies. People like Leif Hetland. When I met him in, in Norway, lined up about 50 pastors. When I got to him, and I didn't even know I prophesied them. I just thought I was praying. My friend said, quit saying you don't prophesy. You just don't know when you're doing it because it, you do it when you pray. And you think you're praying. But too many people have said what you said came true. So quit saying that. So anyway, I was, I went to, to Leif and I'm praying for him. He's a Baptist. He had not had any miracles, healings, or operation in any of the gifts of the Spirit. And I said, I see you in a dark place. All around you is darkness. And God said he's going to make you light in the darkness. You're going to make a way where there's been no way. And he's going to make you a bulldozer. And I see a multitude of people coming out of the darkness, following you in the light. And God knocked him to the floor, and he shook for two and a half to three hours. And that following week, he had prophecies, words of knowledge. He didn't know what was going on. There's all this weird stuff that he wasn't used to. Every person he prayed for got healed. He didn't understand what it meant. He, over the next year, he got his neck broke, his back broke. And in traction, he's meditating on that word, and he realizes he needs to take the gospel to places where it's not, very, not been given. And when he went to Pakistan, when his feet touched the soil, he's in his land of anointing like Brazil is for me. And Leif has led over a million Muslims in Pakistan to the Lord Jesus since then. And scores of thousands of other people in Tanzania and Cuba and all over the world. He's been to more countries than I've been. He's seen more people saved than I've seen. When I prayed for Heidi, all I knew was her first name. That she was a burned out missionary then. And she and her husband had been in Mozambique for a year or so. Two maybe. She'd got healed the month before. And she'd come back to Toronto, this time because she was needing strength spiritually. I was preaching a message, something like this one. She came to the altar. She's crying. I see her as she's crying at the altar. And I said, Heidi, didn't know her last name. God wants to know, do you want the nation of Mozambique? And she said, yes! <laughs> and I heard myself say, God is going to give you the nation of Mozambique. 
You'll see the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the dead be raised. Power of God hits her instantly. She's sweating profusely. The fire, the power, the heat, shaking, crying, laughing, hearing the voice of God speak to her literally, goes into visions. When I heard her story later at Bill Johnson's church, two years later, I cried through a box of Kleenex as I'm listening to her. But I'm hearing a part of the story that's not often told. During the next 18 months, she prayed for every blind, every deaf, every crippled person she met. She, none of them got healed for 18 months, a year and a half. But she persisted. The government confiscated their buildings. And she lost $1 million from an individual and a church that didn't like Toronto and said, all you have to do is quit talking about Toronto. You get the money. If you keep talking, we're not going to give it to you. She lost a million dollars. Her husband gets cerebral malaria. Her daughter gets malaria three times. Her son is going through an emotional crisis. And she's diagnosed with, uh, with uh, multiple sclerosis and is told if she goes back to Mozambique, she'll die. And her answer to the doctor was, I will not die. I have a prophetic word from God. He's going to give me the nation of Mozambique. And if I have to pray from a wheelchair until he raises me up, I will. But I will not die. And she was healed through the prayers of six, seven, five, six, seven-year-old orphans in their orphanage that prayed for her. And then after 18 months, I once said, in three months, she met three women, all who were blind, and every one of them got healed, and their name was... The same name, Ida, which is in Portuguese, Heidi. And one time I said that when she is there. She said, it wasn't three months, it's three days. So after 18 months of nothing like what I'd said happening, opposite was happening. So I asked her a question. And this is why I want to say, I do, not, do not be embarrassed or ashamed of manifestations. When they're from God and not the flesh. And there can be flesh. I'm not going to say there's not. I'm not going to say everything that happens to God. Because that wouldn't be true. But I don't focus my eyes on those that, a few that may not be God. I focus my eyes on what I believe God is doing. So I asked Heidi one time. Heidi, if I had given you the exact same words... But it had not been backed up by that power that caused the manifestations. The love that caused the weeping, the joy that caused the laughter, the electricity that caused the shaking, and the heat that was also a sign of healing. If, if I had said the exact same words, but you had not had it backed up by the, what happened, do you think your faith, you could, you could have sustained your faith in those following 18 months? Or do you think you would have doubted it was really God and she told me if it hadn't have been for the power that come and backed up those words I don't think I could have sustained my faith but because of God's power that came no matter what the devil threw against me I could stand in faith that's why I'm not ashamed of manifestations because if enough electricity comes through your body 
It will in the natural. I'm talking about just natural electricity, not Holy Spirit electricity. It will cause you to look just like some of the people whose manifestations were quite bizarre. But you have to turn up the electricity almost all the way before it does that to you when you get really bizarre manifestations. It also will cause you to sweat. Just the energy going through your body. There's a natural explanation for the supernatural reality. So, I have seen so many pastors, so many people touched. I, could, I actually have three books full of the stories and need to write another one of the people who have been touched, who have been empowered, who never had a gift. There's a Baptist guy that received an anointing in Brazil for miracles who's had over 500 blind eyes, 500 deaf ears, 500 tumors, and 500 people walk. I know it's, he doesn't know how many because God said when he hit 500, quit counting. He said, I've quit counting all of them. He never had any of that prior to that time that God came and he had to be carried out of the meeting two nights in a row on the second night for three days and nights. Every waking moment he wept and wept and wept and wept and wept. Tonight I'm not, I don't care if you fall or if you don't. I don't care if you shake or if you don't. I don't care if you speak in tongues or if you don't. I don't care if you laugh or you don't. What I care is that God would touch you in such a way that you begin to flow in gifts you may have never flown in, uh, moved in before, or the intensity of that gift is increased, that there is actually more power. Jesus said, the evidence of being filled with the Spirit is that you shall receive power, and you will be His witness. That's what I'm concerned about, that the church be empowered and be gifted to be able to see more people come into the kingdom. When Blaine Cook came to my Baptist church, March 1984, he gave an invitation that I'm about to give. This is the shortest I've ever preached this sermon. <laughs> but I always give the same invitation. He said to my church, I don't want you to come forward because you want to. We want to start with who God starts with. If you begin to cry, I want you to come forward. If you begin to feel electricity or tingling in your hands or on your head, I want you to come forward. If you begin to feel heavy, I want you to come forward. If you begin to feel heat, a supernatural heat all around you, I want you to come forward. By the way, we preached in Brisbane, Australia, the largest Baptist church at the time. I watched the pastor, the new pastor, be knocked to the floor on, in front of his church, and he shook for hours, literally hours. And when I, we came back from dinner, he was still there shaking and sweating. He didn't have any dry clothes on him. The supernatural, is air-conditioned, the supernatural heat caused him to sweat through his clothes. I've only seen that three times. People were sweating. No one else is sweating, but just the fire of God. So you may feel heat. 
a man in my church had his hand up against the wall, didn't believe in any of it, and he mocked it and said, that's a bunch of bull. And he no more than got that out of his mouth when the Spirit of God fell on him by grace, not because he deserved it. And he came up the aisle shaking, bent over in the glory, and crying, literally boo-hooing out loud, really loud, shaking violently, sweating. And I, he looked at me and said, help me, Randy. Help me, Randy. Help me, Randy. I said, what's wrong? He said, my eye, I've cried so hard, my contact, my left eye, it's killing me. And we'd just been taught the R, the R before about words of knowledge. I said, John, that could be a word of knowledge. And he said, you and those words of knowledge, I don't even believe in them. And right then, a girl from our church touched his back and said, that's my eye. And her father wouldn't come to the meeting because he didn't. He was against it too. Again, the grace of God. And John stopped shaking. All the manifestations he had, they stopped instantly. And he looked at her and he prayed five one-sentence prayers of command for that eye to be made straight. And on the fifth one, when she opened her eye, it was straight. He's in his 70s now. He's still on fire for God. He still sees more people get healed than most churches do. He sees people get delivered. He had such a strong ministry of deliverance. And this guy was one of the worst Christians in my church. He did not deserve it. And people said they even doubted whether it was God or not because God touched him. And, and, and missed two of our best leaders, my best friend and the chairman of the deacon board, his brother. I asked God, why did you do that? People don't think it's you because you did it wrongly. You didn't get the right people. Because that's what they told me. And the Lord answered my prayer. And he said, what's the word for gift? First Corinthians 12 in Greek. I said, charismata, from which we get the word charismatic. He said, what's the root of it? I said, kairos. He said, what's it mean? It means grace. He said, that's your answer. I did that on purpose. Because everybody knows that John and Barbara, who was backslidden at the time, did not deserve for me to touch them. And then God said something a little humorous to me. And it was this. I understand you people. I've been around a long time. I know what you're like. And if I only touch the most holy, the best, you'd get confused. And you'd turn my kairos mata, grace gifts, into work samata. And when you've made it work samata, then you'd think you earned it. You'd not be appreciative. And I want you to know, everybody receives on the same basis, grace. So here's the application of that. Nobody's safe here. <laughs> the grace of God could come on you, even if you don't like it. Would you stand and lift your hands up like this? I'm not going to try to, to lay hands on you. By the way, in the, in the New Testament, people receive with laying on hands and without the laying on of hands. I don't want you to limit God to thinking, I've got to have hands laid on me before I can receive all that there is. Because there's not that much room. And you'd not be able to get down there. No, we're not, God is not limited by proximity. 
I want you to believe. I remember one time I was in a meeting where there was no room at all. No room. I mean, absolutely no room. I said, God, there's no room for people to fall down. He said, don't worry about it. If I can't knock them down, I can electrocute them. <laughs> so I want to pray for you. And then we're just going to wait. And if God begins to touch you in the way that I talked about earlier, the tears, the electricity, the energy, the, the, the heat, the heaviness, just um, come down to the front. And if the front gets full, you can feel the aisles. We're just going to pray for you and bless what God is doing. We'll give God time to work, and then we'll transition. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that for 36 years, really, but particularly the last 26 years, I've seen you touch people. I've seen you come. And I believe, Lord, you've heard the prayers of people who've been crying out to you, asking for more, desperate for more. You've seen and you've heard and you've heard their, their desire. And I believe that, God, that generally speaking, you reward in public what's been happening in private. But I also know, Lord, that sometimes you even surprise people. They haven't even thought about it. This would be totally new. I just pray, come, Holy Spirit. And release gifts tonight. I pray especially for the gift of healing. Because God, this is the gift we have seen more than any other gift released in the meetings. The gift of healing. And I pray that you would touch them with such power that it would encourage their faith. It would encourage their faith. You would touch them with such power that they would believe. I know God has touched me. So I bless them, God, and I pray for words of knowledge to be released, that people begin to flow in greater words of knowledge, greater prophecy, and especially gifts of healing. I pray, come, Holy Spirit, send your angels into this meeting. In the name of Jesus, come, bring anointing in the Spirit of God to fall upon people in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we're going to wait and give you the opportunity to minister in Jesus' name. Amen. Now just wait. If he, does, if he does any of those things, come down to the front. Now, I want you to know that you don't have to have some of those things I talked about to be touched because there are some people that just don't have manifestations. And when you come down, don't block the aisle. Come up close to the front. Come up close to the front all the way. Because God is touching many people. When we came forward that night in March of 84, Blaine prayed a prayer that became famous in Toronto. It was a vineyard prayer. When the people had gathered to the front, he just said this simple prayer. More, Lord. And it just began to increase. God, we bless what you're doing in the name of Jesus. May tonight be a night not only of healing, but impartation. And I pray, God, that even some of the people who's going to be touched right now would, be, would see healing before they even leave this building. God, I pray that what you did to Todd White when we prayed for him in Life Center would happen to some of the people right now. In the name of Jesus, where he, before he didn't even get out of the building, he had his first healing. In Jesus' name, God, I bless what you're doing. I pray for the people who are feeling your power in their hands. I bless it in the name of Jesus. I bless it. 
I bless it, God. For those that's feeling your heat on their body, God, I just bless that presence. That's a healing presence in Jesus' name. God, I pray for those that's sensing your joy in Jesus' name. For those that have tears, God, I pray for you to increase this love of God in them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Increase it, God. Increase it, Lord. 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 In the name of Jesus. We bless what you're doing, God. We bless what you're doing, God. We bless what you're doing, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Increase. 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 In the name of Jesus, 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 more. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'd like to take five more minutes. I had five minutes uh, before I wanted to transition. I'd like somebody, I want two guys to catch for me, and I'm going to ask that the... Uh, uh, David Crabtree and anybody else that's been in the nations with me and Dennis McCormick and, 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 and any of the uh, pastors that uh, if you're in a sense, I, I know I, I actually just want to receive and go ahead and do that. But if you're some of the pastors here and you say, man, I just feel like God wants me to pray for people right now, then feel free to join me in that in the name of Jesus. So you, David, you want to help and, and uh, uh, Dennis, you want to help and uh, anybody else? Is, uh, yes. Yes. I went blank. Arrow, my friend, my dear friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I need a couple guys to catch for me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We bless what you're doing in the name of Jesus. We bless what you're doing in the name of Jesus. More, Lord, in Jesus' name. More, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I bless the love you're feeling. I bless the love you're feeling. In Jesus' name, more God, more Lord, more Lord. Fill her up, God. Fill her up, Lord. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, more God, more, more Lord, more God. We bless him. We bless JR. Jesus' name, increase, 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 God. Increase in Jesus' name and for his work in Pakistan and wherever he goes with life, God, we pray increase anointing, increase anointing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, more, Lord, more, God, in the name of Jesus, God, more, more, Lord, let healing virtue flow out of Mike's hands in the name of Jesus, more, God, we bless him in Jesus' name, and God, more words of knowledge than he's ever had before, frequency and in specificity in Jesus' name, more, Lord, more, God, more, Lord, we bless him, God, in Jesus' name. We bless your hands in the name of Jesus. I bless the love of God, the baptism of love, God. In Jesus' name, more, more, Lord, more, God. And, and I bless this guy in Jesus' name, more. In Jesus' name, more, Lord. In Jesus' name, we bless him. We bless him. Multiply the power in his hand, God, in the name of Jesus. In both of them now. In Jesus' name, more, more, Lord. In the name of, I bless you. In Jesus' name, God, I bless what you're doing, that guy. In Jesus' name, multiply your power in him, on him, through him. In Jesus' name, more, God. More, Lord. More, Lord. 
Touch him, God, in Jesus' name. Touch him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Come, Holy Spirit, multiply your power. In the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, more, more, Lord. We bless him, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, more, God. I bless the, the weight of your glory on him in the name of Jesus. Fill him up. Fill her up, God. Fill her up, Lord, in Jesus' name. More, God. More, Lord. Touch him. Touch her, God. Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Touch him, Lord, in the name of Jesus. More, God. More, Lord. More, God. Oh, man. You're hot. More, God. I bless her in Jesus' name. Fire, God. Fire, God. Fire, God. More, Lord. More, God. We bless him, God. We bless him, Lord. Bless him, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every tear. We bless the baptism of love in Jesus' name. Bless the peace of God on this one. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Anoint him, God. Increase the anointing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. More. 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 Now, I want to pray for everybody in here, even if you don't have any manifestations, because... My associate for 12 years, all through the first 12, I mean, he never had any of these manifestations. And it used to bother him. He said, it bothers me because I'd say you can't give away what you don't have. And he said, that really bothers me. And I said, well, let me ask you this question. When you pray for people now, do you see more happen to them than you used to? Yes. Then you can't give away what you don't have. And he said, I don't like that saying. I said, the fact is, Robert, when you're praying, you see things happen to people, even things you don't experience yourself physically, but you see it happen in others. That is a sign God has gifted you and anointed you. So I want to pray for everyone. Standing, you just stay where you're at. Father, I just bless everyone's here. And I pray apart from manifestations. We, our focus is on you. And we thank you for those that we can see that are being touched in a visible way, but we know not everybody's the same. And we know that there's others that love you deeply and move in faith, but they don't have manifestations. So we want to bless them. And we want them to believe that they're in this place. And this night, there is an anointing. There is going to be a release. And there's going to be people that's going to see more than they have ever seen before. They won't know it until they start ministering to others. And then they'll see more happen than they used to. And then they'll thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, I bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, we bless them. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, more God, more Lord, more God, 
Now, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. We, we bless. We bless them, God. <laughs> More. <laughs> More, God. More, Lord. In the name of Jesus, fill them up, God. In Jesus' name, fill them up, Lord. God, do what you showed him you're going to do tonight, God. We bless him in Jesus' name, and we pray everything that you gave him in the dream happens in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, we bless her, Lord. In Jesus' name, we bless her, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we bless him, we bless him. More God, more Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. More. We bless him, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, more God, more Lord, in the name of Jesus. Tonight is to be a night of healing and impartation. I'm going to ask the ministry teams to get ready to be prepared to come to the front in just a couple of minutes to begin laying on of hands for healing. <laughs> but give us just a few more minutes that we can, I think we can get everybody prayed for. Bless what he's doing. More, God. More, Lord. In the name of Jesus, more. Fill her up, God. Jesus' name. More, God. More, Lord. More, Lord. We bless them. Jesus' name. Your grace, your anointing be on them. Jesus' name. We bless them, God. In the name of Jesus, more. More, Lord. We bless her. Jesus' name. More, God. More, Lord. More, Lord. Bless them, God. In Jesus' name, thank Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In the name of Jesus. Let me step through here a second. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm not wanting to push it. just want to walk by. More, God. Let your power come. Let your power come. Give her prophecy, God. Give her prophetic words for others. Jesus' name, more, Lord. More, God. More, Lord. God, we just bless what you're doing. In the name of Jesus, more God, more Lord. Sorry, Mike. More God, we bless them. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Words of knowledge and gifts of, gifts of healing. Prophetic words to come from them, through them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, huh. Those of you who are on the ministry team of the respective churches that are involved in this meeting, uh, would you just go ahead and come up on the platform, and then I'm going to have people step back. And just uh, once you're here, I'll have them step back, and then, uh, then we're going to open it up for people who want to come now for physical healing. But right now, just get the, the ministry team up here so we're ready to step into place. Yes, that'd be great. Thank you. More, Lord. More, Lord. I asked how you got here as the worship leader. And they, they said it, through prayer, God just brought you here. Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. 
The ministry team, I, we're going to, I'm hoping we'll have at least 50 on the ministry team tonight. Just make your way up to the front. As a matter of fact, could I ask those that's uh, in the front, if you could uh, step back now, just stay in the anointing, but step back and clear the, the, this front area. And those of you who are on this ministry team of this church or any of the other ministry teams of the other churches, come and put your back right up against this uh, platform all the way around on the floor. Yeah, you step down. I just want to get to up here to start with, but now going to have those that's... Uh, if you're not coming for prayer, I need you to kind of return to your seats now. And then the ones that's down here, they're going to be facing the crowd. They're the ministry team. They're going to lay hands on the people that are coming for healing. Okay, I'll pray for him myself. Just stay there. All right, if you're on the ministry team, come and lift up your hand. Right, okay. Do we have any other people on the ministry teams from the respective churches? Come up here, face the crowd, lift your hand up. Don't forget the five claps. Don't forget to find out who's 80% uh, or more better. and You and them clap five times. Anybody else on the ministry team? Come to the front, turn and face the crowd. Okay. You can now begin to come forward for prayer.